0: Welcome to the Umbia yeah Sports Podcast with John and Chris, where it's unapologetically just about the sports. We're glad you joined us. Let's jump right in.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Umbia yeah Sports Podcast. It is the Monday, August 29th episode of the show. I'm your host, Reagan, joined by John. And today we've got straight up NFL news as we're coming towards the regular season. John, let's talk Steelers first, if that's okay. Sounds good. Um, George Pickens and Najee Harris we were talking about them and you're thinking that they could be wasted talents on the Steelers and we've kind of seen a little bit I felt like Najee wasn't used to his full potential on the Steelers but George Pickens might kind of be that same way what do you think about that?
0: Yeah I think when you really think about the Steelers and, and where they sit in the AFC uh, I believe that the Steelers team you know Mike has never had a losing season that's a well known statistic uh, but every time they get through that winning season, they haven't been able to get to the Super Bowl since two thousand and nine, uh, and, you know, actually been able to win it. So it's been a very long time for Steelers fans and a very long time for Steelers players to be able to taste anything like the Super Bowl. And now it feels like they're even further out based off the fact that they don't their offensive line's still growing together and excuse me. And they don't really have a true number one quarterback at this point. And when their draft choice, their their uh, George Pickett's draft choice is able to play. That's going to be a few years out before he fully is going to be an all-star quarterback or we know exactly what he's going to be like. Uh, So during that time, Najee Harris and George Pickens are going to play their course. Now, Najee Harris and George Pickens are tremendous talent. We saw that when Najee last season in the NFL. We also saw that with him in college at Alabama. And then George Pickens is coming from Georgia. We haven't really seen him in the NFL. However, we saw him in preseason. And for those that did not see it, he was tremendous, making all the completions that you want him to. Having the aggression and physicality that you want out of a player, uh, and when you really think about it, those these guys are going to play well, and they probably will be used to their full advantage in in Pittsburgh. But will they, you know, get to the Super Bowl? Will they get to the point where, where they, you know, you know, start winning a lot of games, and they're at the point where you say to yourself, okay, you know, these guys are not going to be fully wasted in the NFL. And I don't think that's really going to happen for them because, in a lot of ways, the Steelers team is a lot of. A few years out from being even a playoff contending team. Yeah, maybe they'll win a, a wild card game um against, you know, a bad team that happens to squeak in. But are they gonna be able to beat the Chiefs or the Bills or um or any of these other teams that or Cincinnati or not Cincinnati's uh, or not I think that's Cincinnati's NFC, I'm sorry. But any of these teams that are in, in the NF, in the AFC and then if they do end up getting all the way through there, can they win against an NFC co- opponent that's been through the ringer? To get there, I don't think so. So at this point, you really have to think that Najee Harris uh, and, and, and um, George Pickens are at a point where they're going to play out, they're going to do their best, but at some point they're going to get a little annoyed with the lack of results that are going to be coming from this team. Because, yes, they've got a few good defensive pieces, and, yes, they've got a few good offensive pieces. And if they're able to put it all together – you know they'll probably have a good, uh, good couple seasons, and they'll like the players will like that, and they'll and they'll want to keep going. And but eventually, every player gets to the point where they say, okay, it's time for you know a, a strategic change here, where I go to a place where I can win. And obviously, both these guys are a couple years out from that. George Pickens more than Najee Harris because they're you know only a couple years in at this point. But when you really think about it. It seems like they're in situations where they were put in a very difficult situation. The Steelers are in a very difficult situation. I think they can be likened to a little bit of where the Tennessee Titans are are at in a situation where the Tennessee Titans have Derrick Henry, Traylon Burks, um, uh, Robert uh, or Bobby Trees, um, and you know Ryan Tannehill and a couple good defensive pieces, but they kind of feel like they're sitting in a situation where they're not in the uh, in the upper level of all of these. Uh, AFC teams and they're kind of sitting in the lower. And I think that's where we see the, you know, the jets and we see the Jaguars uh, and, and we used to see the Browns and the Browns are on a little more of the up and up, but now the Steelers and the Tennessee Titans, I think are in kind of a similar situation where they're both trying to figure things out. Now I think the Tennessee Titans will have a better chance of having, you know, a, be- a better season and whatnot. Um, but I, I, at the same time, it's going to be a, a long road for, for any Steeler uh, trying to make it through. But I think with George Pickens and with uh, and Najee Harris, they're in a situation where, they, where they're where they not through any of their choosing, and not because the coaching is bad with the Pittsburgh Steelers, but because of where they sit with a great AFC team, or AFC that's just gotten better over the years and has not decreased. It could be a long time before we see the Steelers back in there, and that could also lead to where we see uh, – it, it could either go two different ways. It could go like a DK Metcalf situation where he sits with the Seattle Seahawks even though. They're not in the best situation and things are kind of falling flat. Or, you know, like you've seen time and time again, players just bounce and, and go to a different squad. But we know that this Steelers team has had good wide receivers in the past. Antonio Brown was there. He didn't go to the Super Bowl with the team, right? So we've had, you know, really good wide receivers sit in this Steelers offense without much results. So as far as Wasted talent's is concerned, I think the, the, um, I think the Steelers were using it to their full advantage because I think they'll help win games but will they be able to be used to their full potential in the NFL? I don't know. And will they at some point fall out of favor in the NFL because of who, where they are and where they've been drafted into? Those are all possibilities, but I think it's an interesting situation for these guys. And I'm excited to see what, what ends up happening uh, because these pieces are good, but I don't think they're the pieces that are going to turn around a franchise, usually a quarterback or some defense places, players do that. So but yeah, I think at this point the Steelers are in a situation where they where these guys are going to be fighting and might not even be on the Steelers for for a full career.
1: All right, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they can do and if, like you said, they decide to try to like force their way out of a team and try to get to a playoff con- or a Super Bowl contending team. But we'll have to see. Uh, let's look at the Green Bay Packers. Adams is gone, as we know, he went to the Raiders, and his replacement, Romeo Dubs. People are saying he might be a super sleeper. Do you think that that's true? Do you think he's going to be able to fill... Well, he's definitely not going to be able to fill Devontae Adams' shoes, but do you think he'll even be a reliable target for Rodgers to throw to?
0: Out of the guys they have, yeah. He, he is a steal for this Packers team where they got him. Because he's a fourth-round draft choice. It's not like they got him in the first round or whatever. He he fell pretty far, and the Packers were able to scoop him up. But all the other attempts by this this Packers team to do something that would be able to take from Devontae Adams or at least distribute the wealth better has not worked. Amari Rodgers did not work at all. You know, Devontae Adams still got all the targets, and he really didn't play. And then this year they invested in a couple new guys, Romeo Dubs being one of them. And from everything I've seen in preseason and everything I've heard from Aaron Rodgers, it sounds like they're very, very excited about this kid and what this guy can do because he's not – the same type of player, where he's not going to get Devontae Adams type numbers, of course, but he is a step in the right direction, a reliable target, a guy that can have a vertical threat and make plays like that and get the tough catches. We saw that throughout preseason countless times. So do I think he'll have a lot of success in the NFL? Yeah, I think he'll have a lot of success in the NFL. Do I think he'll have good success for the the Packers? And I think he'll be the piece that they've been waiting for. It's quite possible. So I think in a lot of ways it's, it's a good move by them, and having him as an option to pass to is just going to help. And that's one of the reasons on on Sneaky Good I've been mentioning his name a lot is because I think he is going to be on the football field. I think they are going to give him opportunities. I think it would be foolish for them not to. And when he gets those opportunities, I think he's going to make the most of it. Now, he is going to have to try – Randall Cobb still there – uh, I try to. Th- Christian Woodson is still there, right? These guys that are supposedly the number one target, but I think that's just as open as it possibly could be about who's going to be that guy to step up and take that role, take that position. And as such, I think it's going to be, you know, a little bit of a long winding road to get there. But I think this is. I think he's the guy that's going to get touches and he makes success and has success on the football field he's going to be able to get the ball. He's going to have time on the field, which is going to make him a great fantasy football player as like a second string guy. But as far as the Packers are concerned, the Packers need someone. They desperately need someone. They need more than one somebody. So if Romeo does it, Christian Watson does it, Randall Cobb does it, and then you get Tunyon as a, as a tight end, and then the running backs, that's a good offensive guy, uh, core of guys. But Amari uh, Rodgers, Christian Watson, these guys are going to have to step up and have success on this football squad uh, in order to help this team out. But I am very high on uh, on Romeo Dubs. I, I drafted him personally in the very, very late round because I was able to get him uh, and, and grab him. But the article that I posted on Yes Sports just basically says that uh, he's a super sleeper, which means a lot of people are you know, kind of negative about him or don't even know about him. But at this point, your eyes should be wide open to him. That's the point he's making. I totally agree. He's going to have a great uh, success if he plays well. His, his future is in his own hands at this point. He either can make himself one of the best targets, the number one target for Aaron Rodgers, because he's kind of vouching for him, or he can have a bad career if you know, depending on what happens over the next couple of weeks. And with football season only being a couple weeks away, uh, 13 days away till the first Sunday and then just a couple a little less than that till the first Thursday game he's gonna have time and 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 success is gonna happen for him but yeah I think he's gonna have a lot of success in the NFL I'm excited to see what he's able to do
1: yeah all right let's see what he does and um, for my sake maybe not hoping he puts up so many fantasy points but we'll have to see <laughs> for sake. before we move on to Belichick's interesting comments about the Patriots preseason let's get your quick thoughts on Jimmy G just being signed what do you think about that
0: yeah, so he just signed uh, a deal that makes him the highest paid backup quarterback in the NFL to stay with the Raiders or Raiders <laughs> to stay with the 49ers. Uh, and I think a large portion of that is because they do not want to see him go to the uh, go to the Seattle Seahawks and, and and play against them. That's very low on their list. And it proves how much they how you know, how highly they think of Jimmy Garoppolo and then what they actually think. Cause I think a lot of teams and GMs are like, you know, we have a great relationship with this player. We don't want to see anything happen to him, you know, and then they end up releasing him to go somewhere else with John Lynch. In this situation, he's like actually putting his money where his mouth is. He's saying, okay, we'll actually sign you and keep you. That's how highly we think about you and how much we want to keep you on this roster and on this squad. And as such, we will make you the highest paid guy. Uh, as far as a backup is concerned what else is nice about this and something I I like about it and this is something I haven't really mentioned is uh, I think in a lot of ways with this move it allows the pressure to not just fall on Trey Lance because if Trey Lance is struggling and he can't find his footing and he needs a little bit more time Jimmy Garoppolo can step up in there feel comfortable in this offense it's not going to take any time for him to relearn it he's already been there and he can just kind of let things happen, make moves and all that, and, and, and be perfectly fine in that front. So that's a really good positive for it. Uh, and on the flip side of that, if Trey Lance, you know, has an injury or something like that, he can all step in. But if, if, if Trey Lance is playing extremely well, then at that point, you still have a great backup. Because the NFL is, at this point, it always has been, you don't know what the, what the, what the future's going to hold. You don't know what type of if there's going to be injuries, if there's going to be times when Trey Lance just needs to rest, if there's, you know, the defense is getting at him, anything like that. So, this opens up so many more options and can free Trey Lance to be the best quarterback that he can be, as opposed to having to be forced into a particular mold and have to be that starting quarterback right away, which is part of the reason I didn't draft him in the, in, in fantasies because I was concerned about him stepping up week one, playing, playing ball for the 49ers team who there's a lot of expectations on to make it to the Super Bowl, as they almost did last season. If it wasn't for Aaron Donald, you know, ruining that for him. Uh, But now he has a guy that's been in this offense, can teach him, can help him grow. Jimmy Garoppolo has been around the block countless times, and not only in New England, but now in San Francisco, leading the San Francisco uh, 49ers all the way to the Super Bowl to lose to uh, Patrick Mahomes. But now he's got a guy in the offense that can teach him and help him grow. So a lot of positives from this. Really like the move. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is worth the money of it. Uh, And well, as soon as I find the details on all the contract, I'll, I'll post it on you.
1: Yeah, I think that's interesting also for a quarterback like that to be willing to take the back seat for a rookie quarterback and not be wanting
0: to force his way out to move somewhere else. So we'll have to see how that plays out. Well, I think that's also based off the relationship that this team has made with Probably. him. Probably. The, he trusts what they're doing and he's like, okay, you know what, I'll just take a backseat to that because we know we that's one of the reasons why every team should strive to have a great relationship with all their teams and not think of everyone as expendable but as yeah. you know a part of their family as far as team family. Yeah, it's a cool thing to see. All right, let's talk about Belichick. The Patriots
1: have struggled during the preseason, Mac Jones especially, and he seems unfazed by that in in totality. So what do you think about that? I think
0: Belichick is trying to play his cards in a way to keep face value because at this point he has to. i mean you literally have one of the most successful franchises for like a decade with tom brady uh, and have one of the best offenses and one of the best defenses and go to the super bowl countless times every single time was it tom brady or belichick la -da da 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 but at this point i don't think it's a question of is it belichick is it tom brady i think both of them have been successful in their own right and both deserve half the credit but at the same time i think with belichick he is trying to fix something that might not be fixable by any coach. I don't I don't care who you are because Tom Brady is a generational talent. It's not like you can find the next Tom Brady in the draft all that easily or if you can find him at all. So, it's not going to be like, okay, Mac Jones is going to be the guy that's going to fix it all, you know. He has the same similarities, some of the same things, you know, so we can just have him and he's going to be able to p- play the way Tom Brady plays. Tom Brady plays the way he plays because he was um rooted against basically his entire life as far as in the game of football, having to play backup, fighting for his job in Michigan, finally getting in, trying to play, fighting, 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 then having his chance with the Patriots after being drafted very late, very discouraging pick, and then, you know, deciding to just destroy the NFL and change it forever. With Matt Jones, you don't know what type of quarterback he's going to be. You don't know where he's going to sit. You don't know exactly where it's all going to look and everything that's going to happen. But there's a tremendous amount of pressure on him because of who came before him. And with all that pressure, now it's on Belichick, now it's on him. And Belichick's like, hey, you know, just keep your expectations reasonable because this team, and quite honestly – does not have a good wide receiver core. It's struggling. It's been injured. It's had trades. They're trying to find their footing. Their tight end core with Hunter Henry isn't terrible, but it's not playing all that great. And defensively, at some point, that defense is going to click because they're talented, but we don't really know how long that's going to take. So honestly, it's just him trying to figure it out. The only thing he could do differently, and the only thing I think is his fault in this whole deal, is having two offensive coordinators and not just saying, here's our guy. Because as soon as that happens... Structure starts to take place and we and it has an opportunity to just kind of, you know, get things going in the right direction, get things taken off. Now, as far as his comments are concerned about how it only matters, you know, week six, week seven into the season, don't mind that at all. Totally agree. You know, it, it matters once the football season begins, you get in the middle of the season, you have to be playing well to get to the playoffs. Makes sense. The record matters at that point. The part that I don't understand is when he basically blames the NFL for how preseason doesn't matter and basically just lays into the fact where every fan just says it's preseason, it doesn't matter. But I believe there's more preseason than it just doesn't matter. It matters in the form that, that yes, I get it, you're playing you know people that aren't the starting unit most of the time, but that should make your team 10 times better. It shouldn't make them 10 times worse, and that's an excuse for you to kind of lay into and say, okay, you know, we're not going to – You know, there's accountability that needs to be taken by Bill Belichick to say, we're learning, we're growing, we're still trying to figure it all out because that's what the media already knows about. We know that it's just going to take time. Now, obviously, I don't think Belichick wants to admit to that. But over time, he's going to have to figure it out. He's going to have to work through it. And maybe that date, that week six or seven that he mentioned, could be the time when we finally get the offensive coordinator finally figured out, and that's what he was hinting at or something like that. But honestly, that first part makes sense to me. The second part where we – I think that's just the part with the NFL – where we just kind of ride off preseason as – you know doesn't matter or that the team's gonna get better with with time I believe the preseason is very helpful for knowing your team I believe it's very helpful for fantasy and I believe it's very helpful for coaches not only for eliminating people off your roster but also know where you stand how your players are playing how they're making the reads how they're playing how they the the backups are doing how can you put these guys in how can they fit the scheme there's so much within the nitty-gritty the nitty and if any coach knows about all, all that that's Belichick Belichick knows what he's doing when he combines a roster and makes it work so there's not thing to go, you know, against there, but like you mentioned, this team has went through the ringer during the preseason uh and through, you know, OTAs and having bad practices and having that amplified, but I think it's amplified too much because the expectation on a second year guy shouldn't be, oh, it's Tom Brady already. Look at Tom Brady over there like just because he plays in the same uniform that Tom Brady had played in for 10 10 years, or I think a little more than 10 years, and then finally went to the Bucks, right? There shouldn't be that same expectation on the wide receivers to be Julian Edelman or or James White for the, for the running backs or the defense to be the exact same defense that they had when they went to all those Super Bowls. I think that's a little unfair to who they have and how they're working. So the media just needs to lay on the brakes a little bit, let this team figure out everything they need to figure out because this team is good. This team, if you hear any head coach that has success pretty much at all in the NFL – Something is connected to Bill Belichick in some way. So he knows what he's doing in a lot of ways. So I just think at this point, you know, let the Patriots go through the growing pains of having a second year guy uh, that doesn't know everything about the NFL and let that be. And then eventually they'll break through. It might not be this year. It might be next year, but at some point, this team is going to make a strong playoff push again. Uh, and I think I think Matt Jones may or may not be that guy, but Matt Jones just needs time to learn and grow.
1: Yeah. Love to see how it all plays out for the Patriots and uh, hopefully they can get that offensive coordinator thing solved because I think that's a big that's issue that's one for of them. the bi- that's the biggest issue I think. All right, let's talk about week one. So September 8th, the first game of the NFL regular season is a matchup between the LA Rams and the Buffalo Bills. That's gonna be an amazing matchup and it's a matchup that some people think might be a very late season matchup as well we're getting closer to the Super Bowl so what do you expect from that game
0: yeah I think I think this game's gonna be fantastic I think it's gonna be tons of fun to watch these teams are super high powered and probably the favorites to go back to the Super Bowl again to deep into the playoffs now I know it's way too early uh but I haven't really done this and I don't like hot takes I mentioned that but I'm gonna do one that's not against anybody but it's a fun little hot take about who's gonna be in the Super Bowl and finally, the Bills don't have to have their playoff, uh, you know, hopes crushed by the Kansas City Chiefs and Tyree Kill orchestrating a 30-second drive to get a field goal and crash your playoff hopes and get you thrown out of the playoffs, right? They've been dealing with the Kansas City Chiefs for so long. Yeah, you got to deal with you know the Cincinnati Bengals and. Kansas City is still going to be a pretty decent threat, and the Raiders and the Broncos—maybe not the Miami Dolphins—but there's a handful of teams that pose a legitimate threat. But at the same time, I'm not too worried about them. I think this this Bills team, with the addition of Von Miller on this defense, that is already pretty stacked, and the offense that's pretty pretty stacked. There's no reason why we—I think this this matchup on Thursday night, the opening matchup, could be the last matchup that we see for the entire year. That's just my way too early Super Bowl prediction. We'll talk about it more. But as far as this game is concerned, we don't know where OBJ is going to land, right? We don't know any more insight on that. But at the same time, they could not have scheduled a better, a better two teams to face each other. The reigning Super Bowl champs, great. And a Bills team that everyone's talking about. Everyone loves Josh Allen. They've got, you know, three different running backs that are all are really good. Highly talked about. Stefan Diggs. Uh, Gabriel Davis, and then on defense you got Von Miller. I don't know how much more you can ask for ask for for first game. But then you look that you look even further on Sunday. You get Seattle versus the Broncos. Can't ask for much more there. Uh, you get you know the the Bucks and and the uh, Dallas Cowboys again, which is last year's <laughs> first matchup. But there's multiple homecomings coming next week, and you know even the first game is a homecoming for for Von Miller coming back to L.A. after being um, after, you know, going down to, to Buffalo, but like I mentioned in that game, I think we talked about this before and we'll, and this is probably my last prediction cause it's already so close, but I think in that game it's probably gonna be the Rams by three, you know, I'm a Rams fan. So maybe that's just a little bit of a Homer in me, but I think this, that's gonna be a really well fought game. And I think the Rams are going to pull it off by, a, by, a, by a field goal. Uh, but overall really well done and I think I think there's gonna be a sack, Matthew sacked sack Bavon Miller, and a little bit of fun <laughs> happening be fun from to there. Watch. All right. Yep. That game is going to be on September
1: 8th, so that's a little less than a week away. And we'll be looking forward to that. This week we'll have more episodes of the MES Sports Podcast. We get prepped for that. Um, but for now, that is the episode. Yeah. Thanks for jumping on. Yeah, see ya. God bless.